0: awesome i think bernie deserves a hand (laughs) awesome hey that was great and uh all those stories are true unfortunately but you you're living your stories now which is great and uh and we just we we love you guys we love you we see you we feel you uh and we uh we just love the stories that are emerging and and every deal that's happening and and of course to every one of you there's another thousand stories that are about to hit and emerge uh and most of them are waiting out there most of them waiting out in the community waiting to happen and i know you've you've heard this a zillion times from your leaders and from church that there's a lost humanity and that's what we're about and we've got to keep keep reminding ourselves, I thank God we have a leader in Pastor Phil who has from day one always kept pointing us true north, winning of lost souls, winning of lost souls, winning of lost souls. The moment we become insular uh, is the moment we begin to die. The problem with that sort of death is it's slow and you don't notice it until you're dead. Th- that's the problem. You don't see it because you just gradually become more and more self-focused, getting outwardly focused. Bill Heibel said this, that you need to be disproportionately focused on winning the lost to create balance. You have to be disproportionately focused on the lost to be balanced. And so we constantly got to be pushing out and pushing out. And of course, what that does, it defines our Christianity. Our Christianity is defined... I (laughs) (laughs) was just about to make a great point. (laughs) It's all good. No, that's right. We'll do it again at the end. We'll do it at the end. And so, anyway, defines our Christianity. Christianity, by definition, is about others. And so, and I think you know that's what this is about. And without getting too big. I mean, we've talked about big picture tonight. But that, though I just went really big. I just went massive to like the ultimate thing, the Great Commission. But really, that's the small thing as well because it's about every, every, every little person we meet, every, every connection like Jazzy was saying earlier, every, every, no matter who they are, no matter what young adult. Well, it doesn't even have to be a young adult. You guys can connect with anyone. A- and I learned as a young leader, and as a young leader, we were young adults, that I could relate to anyone. And I got good at it. Uh, kids, married people, older people, really old people like my age uh, <laughs> and older. Um, and you can become good at just connecting with anyone at any time. Be a person who sees people and is aware of people and, 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 and connects with them and, and can converse with anyone and, and, and knows how to build them into the life of the church. I said to the leaders earlier that everything you do, everything you say, and every attitude you carry either builds. destroys the church and so be a builder be an edifier of of the house of god Uh, and 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 as people are watching you it's either confirming people's fears of who christians are or it's creating a new image of what god can be and and so that that's a thing that's a pressure that's a good pressure as a result we grow up to be what god has called us to be greater people incredible people big people who who live beyond what any capacity you ever thought you were capable of achieving. And that's a God pressure. The world puts a wrong pressure. The world puts a pressure of achievement, but the kingdom puts a pressure of change and a a pressure of transformation and image building. That's the pressure we need. And as a result, behavior follows that naturally when the world is all about performance and achievement, you'll end up achieving, but that's not the pressure you need. The pressure you need is to, to be conformed into the image of God. Paul said, my struggle, the, the, I labor and struggle to see people established in God and and, 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 and and Christ formed in their life. That's the battle. That's the pressure. And the greatest thing that you can experience is that as you do that yourself, then you become a person who labors for that to form in other people. And I burden, I agonize over that daily when I see people not following Christ or move away from God. The pain as a leader to see people not pursuing and not following God's purpose and destiny for them is great because I know the end result of that is a destroyed life. But, but our, our job is to see that shift around and to see what's in here multiply. So just, I'm going to do a little drawing because I'm, I'm an artist and... Uh, It's good that no one laughed, but you will be in a second, trust me. (laughs) I have no idea how to do what I'm about to do. Uh, But, um, you know, I'm sure your leaders have talked about the two train tracks. The two train tracks that we're moving into, that we have, is is weekend and connect. Everybody say weekend. weekend. Weekend and connect. But that's not the vision. That's not the vision. They are two rails on which, and here we go. Oh god, I mean I'm just going to be really rudimentary here. <laughs> On which my I can't believe my daughter is an architect, is an architect and she figures out dimensions anyway. How do you how do a draw something that's a train? <laughs> god help me right now. I don't know how the wheels got in the carriage, but anyway, Andy, come and help me here. You know, no, you're not. You just leave me out here to dry. and I'm hanging out in the dry. And, and that's the carriage. But the carriage is meant to sit on the wheels, which sits on the tracks. And so the carriage all the the, the the, cabins of that train is not the vision either. That's the vehicle. And that's called the church. The church sits on these two tracks, weekend and connect. But inside that carriage, and I'm not even going to attempt to do this, there's a whole bunch of really beautiful people, and I think I'll turn the wheels into the people. Uh, <laughs> oh, see that? Oh, oh, you know, inside the train is the people, and that's the vision. The vision is the people. The vision is the people. The vision is, the the vision is not the carriage, the vision is not the, the, the strategy, which is we can connect. That's not the vision, the vision is the people, and if we can keep that in mind, that it's about every individual lost person and the purpose that God has called them to and every one of them have giftings, every one of them have dreams, every one of them to see that grow and the vision is to see this thing that, 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 and of course the train tracks with the train on it are heading somewhere. So where's it going? It's not, we're not just going over cliffs or, or just round and round in circles for no sake. There's, there's an end in this and the end is the glory of God. That's where it's going. And if you stay on the train, you'll get to the glory of God. That's the thing. That's all you need to do. If I can say, just stay on the train and we'll get to the glory of God, which is great. But our our job is then, see, when this church first started, it was this tiny little caboose. That's all it was with 12 people. Pastor Phil in his blue safari suit and... Uh, and, and 12 people, and, and who really didn't know what was going on. But then we came along, and, and there was tw- you know, maybe 20 people by then. And then after a little while, there's 50 people. I remember when we were 50 people, and Phil said, we're believing for 100 people. And I think, I thought to myself, no way. 100 people. And then I thought, I don't know whether I want 100 people. That's, that's like, I like 50 people. 50, I can cope with 50 people. I know 50 people. 50 people is my people. <laughs> 50, it's 50 new people who I don't know. I don't know whether I like those people. It's like, and so this is, I felt like this weird resistance, like, like desire to go to see growth. But then this, like, this sort of little selfish thing jumped on me, like, oh, was just that thing. I bind it in Jesus' name. Because I didn't do that. But there was this, just a moment. I only lasted about three seconds. But then I got all excited about the growth. And, and 100 people came quickly. 200 people came quickly. I remember we hit about 300. It was like, awesome. And then pastor was going, we're going to see 500 people. I'm like, 500 people? Wow, that's awesome. But we saw 300. We'll see 500. That's easy. And suddenly now I'm like, I'm the biggest believer. You know, I'm the biggest, like, you're going to see this. And then we hit 500. And then he we said, we're going to believe for 1,000. And, and this all happened. This all happened within two or three years. By, by the fourth or fifth year, we were hitting 1,200, 1,300 people. And it was out of control. It was chaotic. We didn't know what was happening. And... And it was, it was, there, were, there were 30, 40 people, every altar call, coming to Christ. They were all young adults, and they were surfers and university students. And suddenly, God was in our midst doing things that was, we weren't capable of doing. I believe that's going to happen again. And guess what? You're the guys who are going to be seeing it. You're the guys who are going to be going, hey, guess what? Uh, here's what we're seeing, and, and, and we'll be maybe in some other In a city, preaching and a certain thing, and we'll be getting texts from Jazzy going, "Hey, the 50 people got saved tonight. There were there were 2,000 people at the meeting tonight, and we got to start a second Sunday night meeting." And I'll be like, "Yeah, go for it. That's awesome." (laughs) But see, who can see that happening? Anyone? That's the thing. The vision is the people. The vision is the people. But you've got to stay on the train, and the train has got to stay on the tracks. and our job as leaders is to keep the train on the tracks. Your job is to stay on the train, and get as many people on the train. That's easy. That's as simple as I can make it. So I think we need those visual pictures. You know, there's a, there's a um, great visual picture uh, up there, and I just want you to just get that imprinted deep in your <laughs> in your mind, in your spirit, because it'll change your life. You know, like in Acts six. I love the book of Acts because you know see along this train track we could bernie started telling sections like stations along the train track and we it'd be awesome to do a timeline at some point and you know day 1 this happened and year 1 this happened and 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 journeys p- places along the journey we are on one of those stations right now and a whole bunch of new people are getting on board. And we're adding a few train carriages to it. And we're about to enter another ju- stage of the journey to the next station. In Acts chapter 6, I love the book of Acts because really the book of Acts is a, is a s- series of stories of what happened in the church. And, and, and the growth that came as a result. In Acts 6, it's one of those examples. They had a problem. The problem was the Greek Jews... The Greek Jews. Uh, The 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 Greek widows were being overlooked in the distribution of food. It's a simple little logistic thing. But it was a big issue because they obviously weren't getting the distribution of food. And the people came to the leaders and said, this is a problem. What are you going to do about it? And they said, I don't know. Let's try and figure it out. And they, they, they made a very important decision. They said, we will not abandon the thing that we feel we know we're called to, which is the preaching of the Word of God. Because if we don't preach the Word of God, that's where life is, that's where truth is, that's what we're called to do. So we will delegate this responsibility to others. And they chose incredible leaders to delegate the distribution of food to. And they handpicked these men to this role and then made sure that th- their job wasn't compromised. If you read, and you don't need to do it now, in seven verses, the future of the church changed because of one decision. I believe this is similar. They went, in verse 1 of Acts 6, it says the word of God was spreading. In verse 7, because of that one decision, it said, and the word of God spread rapidly. It went from addition to multiplication in seven verses because of one decision. This is one of those. I believe God is shifting us and taking us into a season of multiplication because wise, considered, prayerful decision is made. And you guys are the seed. That word is a word from God. This is a seed of what God had intended right from the start to be not a seed. Okay. But here's the deal, and I'm just going to speak for five more minutes, is that okay? Because the basis of this, the 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 more... I'll get this out. The more core issue is not the method. The more core issue is the Spirit. And the Spirit is one of unity. If we don't get that right, and if we don't live in that spirit of unity then it doesn't matter what we do because we can have all these plans and make decisions and what have you, but nothing will happen unless the pervading atmosphere around it and commitment from us is one of unity. And let me give you a few examples of that in the Scriptures and and Scriptures about it. In Acts chapter 2, or in Acts 1 actually, Jesus said to the disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem. They had no idea what... The reason was. And often a, lot of, often a lot of following is reasonlessness. Reasonless. Is without understanding. Thank you. <laughs> it, it, is, it is, okay, I'll do that. What a great idea. Because I understand exactly why that. Most of my obedience to God is without reason and without understanding. That's called trust. And that's the difference between faith and trust. Faith is what you're believing for because you know what it is and you're engaging in proactive engagement in the vision. That's half of your life. The other half of your life is trust. Like, I have no idea why I'm doing this, but I know God wants me to do it, whether it's through direct leadership or your own walk with God. I trust God. And there is no rational understanding of why you're doing that. Jesus said to the disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem. Now we've now on this side of history going. Well, it's obvious. What a great decision that was! Uh, And idiots, of course. You know, just do it. You know, like you know. But if that was us, we'd be like, "What do you mean going wait in Jerusalem? What for? A train? Yeah, the glory train. Thank you. There's a glory train coming. Uh, That's why I love a lot of old gospel. A lot of the old gospel blues stuff is it's all about trains and glory and." getting on board and like, uh, there we go. Anyway, so I just lost there for a second. <laughs> and, um, and so he'd go away went to Jerusalem. And he probably told 500 people to do it. But guess who showed? 120. 120 people arrived and stayed for 10 days and sought God. They didn't know what they were seeking him for. They had no idea what was about to happen. But, you know, in Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, because the day will come. There is a day coming. <laughs> Suddenly, sorry, when the day of Pentecost t- came, they were all together in one place. The key to unity is not the outpouring of the Spirit. That's the result. They were all together. In one place. All. Everybody say all. So I don't want anyone missing. Don't let anyone be missing. And if you see them wandering, get them back. Say, come on. All together. Together. That's focus. It's here. It's getting it together. That represents so many things in one place. Place is important it's not It's not the ethereal universal cosmic church out there in in spirit land no it's place place matters in the church this place matters coming to the place all together in one place as a result of that, suddenly the holy Spirit fell and then, so the first type of unity is the spirit poured out unity, but it happens as people are together in one place, and God begins to move and it isn't interesting that the within a few verses, that 120 turned into 3,000. That that 120 was just a seed. It wasn't the end. It wasn't the purpose. The purpose was the lost Jerusalem. And so people go, this is awesome. And too quickly the church goes, this is cool. This is great. Having an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire. Let's have a tongues of fire revival. Church meeting next week again. This is awesome. And the same 120 would have met. And there we've got a you know the the upper room of the the tongue revival church you know formed. If they didn't, if Peter didn't preach that message of salvation, then that's what would have happened. They would have formed a revival and a move and a congregation and a denomination around that, and eventually would have died. Hundred twenty would have been next week, one hundred and then eighty because it's all about purpose. But they immediately went out into the city. And, dec- and showed the glory of God, and within one day it turned to 3,000. Who can see that? Anyone? So, so I believe that God is going to begin to do it. I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen, but the thing is the principle is there, that as we understand what God is doing in our midst right now, then we're going to see thousands and thousands of people begin to be impacted for God, uh, and, and thousands of young adults, not just across northern beaches, but across the whole city of Sydney, be impacted by God. Jazzy mentioned Psalm 133, how good and how pleasant it is when people, God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil on the head, running down the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life or any more. The blessing, actually there's a better word in the New American sense, is there God commands a blessing. Where, where people dwell in unity, where people live in unity, the blessing of God is commanded. And I bet mean, you I want to live under that blessing of God. It's awesome. And then over in Ephesians chapter 4, it's giving you the word of God tonight. In verse 1, it says, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope when you're called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's Father of all. How awesome is that? Who's over all and through all and in all. I think there's a common word in there. What is that? One. Understanding that. The greatest, as was talked about, the greatest battle is the battle of unity. The battle for unity. And with unity, anything can be achieved. I shared with the leaders earlier, we've got this mystery of growth thing, like somehow the church grows through this mystical thing of, of the magic of God and when somehow he wills and what have you. It doesn't work that way. The mystery is the mystery of Christ. And the battle is the battle for unity. If we just focus on Christ and get unified, God will move. That's, he promised that all the way through scriptures. And if we love people and reach out to them, the glory of God will come and lives will be transformed and the word of that will get out it's just, it's really that simple now if god wants to do the miraculous on top of that I'm open for I'm open for 10,000 people arriving in one day I don't know whether they're quite ready for that but anyway we'll figure it out but in the meantime we we do that and we'll let god move so it's awesome so what it what is what is this unity thing look like what is it like moving from here on out because it can't be just a meeting that happened And you're like, yeah, that's exciting. And and then nothing happens. You just carry on as as per normal. No, it's it's a whole bunch of things. It's mostly, it's talking well about the things that matter. Really, unity is defined ultimately by our language and our behavior, but it begins with our language. And we need to talk well, talk well of the vision, talk well of our leaders, and talk well of each other. And all three need to coexist at the same time. If, we don't ta- if we're talking well of our leaders but not well of the vision, then it will create disunity. If we're talking well of the vision but not well of our leaders, we're still in disunity. If we're talking well of the vision and well of the leaders but talking against one another, we're still in disunity. We need to talk well of one another and the vision and the leaders all at the same time and be diligent with that and go, yeah, this is awesome. You may not understand everything that's happened. You may not understand every- why everything is happening, and it's in, in the place of lack of understanding that your unity is tested. It, it is not cognitive. It is heart. And you're l- learning to flow with that. And uh, who no- understands where I'm going? Unity is overcoming your offense. It's overcoming your need to be constantly approved. Because the Bible is very clear on this stuff. It says, esteem others above yourself. The greatest way to overcome your offense is to, on the, in a proactive sense, esteem them first before your need to feel good. And that the moment you begin to esteem them above yourself, you're in a secure place. Security and confidence is not being at the top of the pile, it's being at the bottom of the pile and being confident about it. And it's being okay with that. I'm okay. Jesus did. He humbled himself. God, from Godness, from divine nature to the bottom. He put himself down the bottom. And in due season, God exalted him. How awesome is that? And he didn't do it out of lack of confidence. Like, oh, I'm to lose. I just it in the bottom. No, he knew who he was, but he humbled himself, going himself low. As a result, God, man, I'm going to elevate you. He blessed him, everything, because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So it's, unity is a spirit of humility. Unity can only be developed in a culture of humility. That's the only place it can happen. Because otherwise, it's political. It's, and it's, it's, you know, dog eat dog. And Oh, we're unified. And, no, we're not. We're not unified. When you esteem others, no, you go. No, you're better than me. No, you go. You know, because people say to me, how come you get all these preaching gigs and all this stuff all over the world? I'm not looking for it. I'm hiding from it. All time, I'm like, no, he goes, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And I, people come to me and said, how do I get on the circuit? How do I preach? And I'm like, avoid it. Don't try and get it. Don't want it. Be reluctant. Get it, let others go, you know. And then God somehow, tr- I don't know, it's a weird thing. That's how the kingdom works. Unity is in a place, developed in a culture of humility, which is important. And see the big picture we've talked about. Find the yes in you. Unity is finding the yes, and you quickly go to the yes. Bernie and I, years ago, decided that whatever we were asked by leadership to do from a job point of view, not from something immoral, unethical, or illegal, but from a job perspective, we'd go, Yes, we'll do it. Boy, do we regret saying that sometimes. sometimes oh, God. And we, involved, we got involved in so much stuff. I was working full-time jobs as a social worker, huge pressure as a 22-year-old. We were running Connect Group, we are running the youth ministry, involved in serving on the weekends, uh, and we went to four services as unpaid staff on the weekend, and we had kids. I don't know how we do it. Jo- in Josh's first year of, of being a human being, uh, he never slept, never slept. More than an hour for a year. I spent my pretty well every night driving from Bungan to Manly and back every night just trying to... And I'd just get him out and, he, and he'd wake up and i oh, put him back on a seat and drive again. I don't know how I didn't drive off the road half the time. But I don't know, you just do it. But the thing is, we're energized. The vision energized us. Spirit of God energized you. And it was, it was awesome. So find the yes in you. Find the yes in you, which is awesome. And a couple more quick things. I love that scripture in Ezekiel 37. Verses 1 to 10, but particularly verse 7. As I was prophesying, the bones came together. Don't underestimate the power of your words. Speak it. This is going to happen. Oh, I'm looking forward I can see that. Like, Say it. Say it to one another. Say it to God. Say it to the atmosphere. Say it to your cat. I don't hear you say it to. And in terms of your own connect group, oh, it's going to grow. It's one of you. As I was prophesying, say as. As, the key is as, as I was prophesying, the bones came together. All those things are going to come together. Those things that are separate, disparate, confused, lying on the ground, how's that going to come together? If you just stand there wondering forever, how's that going to come together? Don't try and figure it out. Speak to it. Speak to the issues. Speak to the future. Speak to your connect groups. Speak to what's coming. Speak to those Sunday nights. I want you guys walking around on Sunday night like, like you own the place. Guess what? You do. Own the flipping thing. You know, <laughs> Go in there. Go in there an hour early and pray over the seats. Pray under the seats. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah, get it behind a curtain and pray. I don't really care. Uh, just do stuff and get involved. The activity, as you find that thing and begin to speak that into life, things will begin to happen, which is awesome. And unity... Unity is three things at the same time. It is vision, direction, and culture. It is what, where, and who, all at the same time. Because I know some people agree with the vision, but they don't agree with the direction. So right now, we're not changing vision, we're changing direction. So you might go, yeah, I'm agreeing with the vision. Suddenly, the leadership goes, change direction. You go, no, I don't want to go there. So you've got to stay in the carriage. Don't go off and build some other track. And they go, well, I don't agree with that. I know people do that all the time. I've seen it for 30 years. No, I don't think we should do that. Well, great. And they've gone off on some little sidetrack that ends up, dum 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 That's it. Guys involved in insignificant things you now stay on the track. Stay on the main thing. Stay. So My thing is I'm staying with Pastor Phil. I'm staying with him. I'm as called to him as I am to the church. I'm as called to him. So, whatever, I'm sticking on that thing. So the vision, the unity is vision, direction, and culture. Cult- and I don't mean cool culture. I don't mean young adult culture. I mean kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is what I'm talking about right now. It's unity. It's powerful. It's, it's loving. It's, it's buying in. It's, culture is important. And those things. So it's all three at once create a spirit of unity where anything can happen. Anything can happen. The mystery of revival is now gone. And what we're left with is the beautiful mystery of Christ. Let's go for that. Let's go for Jesus. Let's love one another and see a revival break open. Because something from this night on... Took place, something the seed has gone into the ground now. Let it sprout, let it sprout, let it go, and let's see a move of God begin to break open. And it's not something that happens in in spite of us, and not something that happens to us. It happens in us, and as we become part of that, God's on the move. Amen. Amen. Why don't we stand there?